On this episode of SSI Executive Conversations, Brian Stegall of Shurik Solutions sits down with Sharam Sharif, CEO at Leva Healthcare. Today, they talk about Leva's technology and culture, compelling stats that motivate the industry, and the future of digital therapeutics. Hey, we're really excited to have uh, Sharam Sharif, uh, CEO of Leva Healthcare on our SSI Executive Conversations podcast. Sharam uh, is a serial tech entrepreneur, uh, an executive passionate about technology, health and well-being, and entrepreneurship. His mission, help people and organizations with improving their health and well-being by creating innovative ventures and products. His purpose, doing well by doing good. Again, currently CEO of Leva Healthcare, a digital therapeutics and chronic disease management provider, focusing on prevention and treatment and reversal of lifestyle-related chronic conditions through evidence-based tech-enabled care services, delivering industry-leading outcomes at scale. Uh, prior to joining Leva, uh, Sharam was chief business officer at Huma Therapeutics, where he set up and ran the MedTech line of business. Uh, prior to that, he was the founder and CEO of LindaCare, digital healthcare scale-up, creating innovative software uh, products and a remote patient monitoring tech-enabled clinical service center enabling large-scale adoption of remote monitoring of patients with implanted cardiac devices to better manage their chronic heart failure and arrhythmia conditions. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thanks a lot, Brian. Very yeah. excited and very grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and, and again, what you've done is, is a mouthful, right? And it's amazing stuff, and we're excited to talk about you know, where you are with Leva today. Yeah. I had the privilege uh, of meeting you at LSI Emerging MedTech Conference uh, recently in Dana Point, California, that we sat uh, at dinner and you began to tell me why you were there and the technology Leva is developing to really disrupt the digital health industry. Um, give me a little introduction to Leva uh, to the audience and dive a little deeper into the uniqueness uh, of, of your company. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Brian. First of all, thank you for having me. Really excited and uh, privileged to be on your podcast here. Um, so yeah, a bit about Leva. So we are indeed a digital therapeutics and chronic disease management provider. We focus on uh, lifestyle related chronic diseases and we aim to uh, better manage them, prevent them and treat them and even reverse some of them. And these are chronic conditions such as diabetes type two and obesity. And we do that through evidence-based uh, therapeutic interventions. And we do that in a hybrid model, which is a combination of technology and human health coaching. And I'll come back to that later. Uh, today, uh, we are with a team of about 150 people. We are operating across a number of countries in Europe, uh, Denmark, UK. Those are some of our most important countries and, and markets. We also have a development center in Kuala Lumpur. So um, in terms of what I believe makes uh, Leva unique, and those are actually the same exact same things that got me really excited and, and uh, led me to uh, to accept this uh, amazing challenge of joining Leva. Um, so I would point out to four different things. First of all, is the focus on lifestyle-related chronic disease, as I just mentioned. So if you look at chronic disease, that's a huge burden on the society and and the healthcare system in general. Basically, taking up almost eighty percent of all resources. Yet, these patients are not properly managed, so it just keeps growing. Uh, and of that uh, chronic disease uh, space, 80% of that are driven and lifestyle-related 
and behavior-related conditions, which means if you can shift the needle on behavior change, you can actually shift the needle on, on those chronic diseases. So that's really exciting to have that clear focus and, and really have an impact. So that's one. The second one, as I alluded to a hybrid model, right. which basically means that our uh, interventions or our therapeutic interventions are delivered through a digital platform, but are driven by uh, clinical health coaches. So it's a combination of technology and human health coaches. And again, I'll come back to that in a bit more detail. But that shows, has shown, and has evidence to uh, show significant better outcomes than standalone technology or standalone uh, clinical coaching. So that's the second one. The third one is our clinical evidence around these therapeutics that we deliver. And there are very few digital health companies who actually have solid clinical evidence uh, and have proven clinically that the therapies that they, they apply in the treatments are actually having a, a health outcome and, and impact. So, um, and then with that, owning the outcome, meaning we deliver everything from beginning to the end and we own the actual outcome of the patients. I think that is super exciting to, to not just provide tools and, and tell people, hey, if you use our um, you know, tools and systems and solution, you have the potential to get better outcome. No, actually we do it and we show it and we prove it and we own the outcome. That is super exciting. Yeah. So that's the third element. And then, you know, last one, which is more business related, um, you know, we operate across multiple geographies and customer segments going from uh, public payers to private payers and uh, pharma yeah. and everything else, which, which provides a very healthy revenue diversification and, and growth potential. So those are some of the things that, you know, got me really excited and I think those are unique elements of, uh, of Leva. Well, I, I definitely, um, first of all, amazing um, stuff. I want to unpack a couple of those uh, if you're okay with that. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things I want to unpack, you know, there's a lot of digital, you know, technology health platforms out there, you know, wristband, you know, whatever it is that, that may be, um, you know, I would ask you, you know, isn't the technology good enough for someone to go, okay, well, I haven't done my steps today or I haven't done this. Why is that coaching so vital to, you know, the success of this? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Brian. And yeah, there is a lot of technology coming to the market, which is all great. Technology is absolutely great. It allows us to significantly expand access for patients to, to different programs. Um, measure things more accurately, having it more uh, available, uh, making it more objective. So technology is absolutely great and it's, it's essential. But at the end of the day, we're all unique human beings, right? We need human connection and one size fits all will not give you the high engagement levels and long-term sustainable results that you need when it comes to lifestyle and behavior change. And evidence clearly has shown that a hybrid model, so the combination of technology and human uh, health coaching, delivers superior outcomes compared to tech only or, or standalone health coaching. And it's not surprising because, again, it's all about behavior change science. It's about motivation. It's about hyper-personalizing it because we all have different personalities and, and different challenges in life. And long-term engagement and sustainable lifestyle change requires a lot more than just throwing technology at it, right? Um, so we have found the sweet spot between, you know, how much technology do we apply to make it scalable and, and expand the access? How much, uh, how much clinical health coaching do we apply 
to increase sustainable higher engagement, personalize uh, the whole treatment. Uh, so ultimately, the aim is to get the best possible health outcomes at the lowest possible um, unit economics, basically, so that you can economically expand it and scale it. So we've found that sweet spot and we keep optimizing that. So that that's what makes the you know combined uh, in hybrid model, so technology plus human coaching, uh, so so super, you know, efficient and, and impactful. Yeah. And definitely taking that accountability, you know, because if you you you, know, you put the wristband on someone and they go, ah, I just want to sleep in today, then that doesn't get them to a healthier lifestyle. But if you have that coaching, that that that's amazing uh, that you can. And and Brian, I, I want to throw out some some numbers at you there. That was my next question. You know, give me give me some of that validation because when you and I were talking at dinner. That blew my mind about, you know, some of the things that you're going to now talk about. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So thanks for asking about that because it's, it's all about evidence. And I, I, you know, said something about that right in the beginning of my introduction. Um, so I'll, I'll give you two sets of data and evidence. The, the first one related to, you know, the topic we just discussed, which is about engagement and keeping um, patients in a program motivated help them with sustainable um, lifestyle change. So we, we have some numbers from our programs there. I'll, I'll you know, give you a few. So uh, we have an 87% retention rate after three months into our programs and 67% after six months. Wow. If you look at some of the other you know, tech-only programs, these are significantly higher numbers. So that, that's really important because it's all about making sure that people stay in the program so that we can help them change their lifestyle. 82% of patients agree that Liba has helped them change their lifestyle at a six months point. 76% of them agree that they will be able to sustain the lifestyle changes achieved during the program after six months. So those are some really, really interesting uh, numbers that we, uh, we got through our programs, which again goes back to if, we, if you hyper-personalize your program using technology and human coaching, you can actually shift the needle on uh, behavior and lifestyle change and help patients you know, keep that in a sustainable manner. So that, that's really amazing. Uh, the second um, category of uh, numbers and outcomes I wanna give you is more around the, uh, the, the clinical evidence of the uh, actual therapeutics working. Right. So we have done uh, about 15 research projects, um, eight real-world evidence, uh, studies and seven RCT studies. These are randomized controlled trials. These right. are the highest rigor of clinical studies that you can do, which is like pharmaceutical grade. Not many digital health companies do that. Right. Uh, we've done this across six different countries. We've published papers, um, I think about 25 uh, scientific papers together with some of our um, partners like the NHS and the others. So we have tons of clinical evidence about uh, the efficacy of, uh, of, of our programs. And, and I'll give you a few data there. So when it comes to members with prediabetes, 80% of those, 8 out of 10 patients in prediabetes reduce their so-called HbA1c, which is a measure for, for blood glucose, which basically takes them back from when you're in prediabetes, basically it's a matter of time that you become diabetic. So reversing those is extremely important. 80% of our patients achieve that. With those members or patients that are already in, in diabetes, we reversed 39% of them. 
we're talking about type 2 diabetes, which is generally globally assumed as a chronic disease that you'll just have to live with for the rest of your life. We can reverse almost four out of 10 patients. That's, that's that, just amazing. Those are the numbers that tweaked my ears and went, what? I mean, that's, that's incredible. It is. It is. And it's, it's, again, it's super exciting to be able to own that outcome. It's our outcome through delivery of our own programs, own therapeutics, not providing tools and then telling people, hey, if you use this, you can get better outcome. We're doing it. We're owning it. So it's, that's really, really exciting. Wow. Thank, that, those are amazing. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted to make sure we got that out there uh, to the audience. I want to kind of you know shift gears a little bit because obviously you're you're you know, building your organization, um, and you and I have had multiple conversations. You know we've we've talked about you know what your organization does, specifically the outcomes, and now looking at the the team building aspect of it. Right, you, you came into an organization what back in October of this past year, right? Yeah. And so you know you and I have had again multiple conversations about how important culture is to an organization. Uh, and your dedication to building that winning culture at Leva. Um, expand on that and, and what you're trying to build and, and how, how you're looking to implement that and how you are implementing it right now, Leva. Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. I'm, I'm really passionate about this topic. You know that? Yes, um, yes. So, I love so first it. of all, what, what I, um, I mean, I've been in an entrepreneurial setting for the last, uh, I think, 15, 16 years, of which about the last decade I've been in, in the space of digital health and, and medical technology um, in, you know, different entrepreneurial and executive roles, as well as, you know, coach and strategic advisor to some of the startups um, and scale-ups in this space and incubation programs and all that. And I, I love it. And I feel so fortunate and grateful to, to be in this space because I feel the impact of what we're doing for, yes. for human beings and for, for patients. So I, you know, I was talking to one of, our, uh, one of my colleagues this, uh, this afternoon saying, I, I really can say I love what I'm doing and I'm doing what I love. So that's for me a very important uh, topic uh, to, and, and the ability to be able to say that. I mean, I, I wish everyone to be able to say that. So that's, that's to start with. And then uh, related to that, the culture of the company why is it important and how am I, uh, am I addressing that? So I'm a strong believer in this cliche statement that we've all heard. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. <laughs> right? You've heard that, right? Oh, no, of course. Yes. Peter Drucker. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we, we have a great vision. We have an amazing strategic roadmap for how we're going to expand and grow the company um, which is getting everybody excited, internal, external, including investors. So we have a great strategic you know, story to tell and great vision. But um, it's our culture. It's our great culture, ultimately, that is going to ensure that we deliver on that. Right. Which is why I absolutely believe culture eats strategy for breakfast. Right. right. Um, and, and in fact, there's. I believe something else, which is even more important than culture. So culture is strategy for breakfast. I think there's something else that eats culture and strategy for, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, <laughs> okay. right? And that is the purpose. That Amen is the why. That. Yes. That is yes. the, you know, famous Simon Sinek's uh, start with the why. Why do we do what we do? And, you know, uh, the this, this statement I think also Simon Sinek made, 
saying people don't buy what you sell, they buy why you're selling it. And I'm a, I'm a deep believer of that uh, you know, philosophy. So that's why I think culture is, is super, super important. And uh, so to your question, how, how do I implement that? How do I uh, you know, bring that? So I speak about it, first of all, in right. every occasion I get internally with our teams, whether it's a town hall, whether it's a leadership team, I'm always bringing the topic culture uh, to the table and talk about it. And so we are doing all kinds of things, workshops um, around the defining core values and all that. But just to give you a, a simple example, and it could be as simple as that, how you can influence the culture and install that purpose-driven and mission-driven culture. So we recently introduced into our monthly town halls a patient testimonial which means we invite an actual patient from our programs to tell everyone in the company how our behavioral change and lifestyle change interventions and programs have dramatically changed their lives. And, wow. and Brian, people have goosebumps. Like after that testimonial, it's all silent. Um, you know, everything else seems just not important anymore. All the business stuff right. we're talking about. Right, right. Right. And we spend, you know, increasingly more amount of time in our town halls just on that. So the last one, um, not, not only we brought a, uh, a patient, we also brought one of the health coaches that interacted with that patient to tell about their side of the story, being a health coach and how, how is it for them uh, helping these patients and getting to these life-changing uh, scenarios. So, I mean, that's one example of how you can start shifting the culture, installing uh, a mission and purpose-driven culture in the company. And it's, yeah. again, amazing that the impact of that, the energy is just palpable uh, within the team. It's amazing. Well, you know, Sharam, that that's kind of our culture here at SSI. You're talking about when you get up in the morning, why do you do something? What's your purpose? That's the main goal. And then it goes from there, you know, purpose, culture, strategy. Why such a, a heavy um, focus on, you know, that purpose and culture and not specifically on skill set when you're looking to build specific teams? What, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's a great question too, Ryan. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I spoke about why I think culture is important and um, how it um, kind of compares to strategy and, and purpose and everything else. But skill sets are important as well. I mean, right. um, if, you know, it's not enough to just have a great culture and people having fun and, and you know, <laughs> right. uh, things, you know, making them tick and all, they still need to have skill sets that are uh, needed for performing uh, right. in their role, right? But skill set is also not um, the only thing. So there is, um, I usually look at two different, uh, actually three different dimensions. Uh, what I call, you know, the skill sets, will sets and, and drill. I got it actually from one of my you know MBA courses. I like it. <laughs> one of my favorite leadership uh, leadership professors. So skill set is just necessary. If you're a I don't know a computer programmer, you obviously need to know your stuff. You need to know how to code and how to do it well, right? That skill set. Will set is all about mindset, attitude, right? I personally believe that that's even more important than skill set because skill sets you can acquire, you can learn, right? Agreed. Attitude, it's harder. To learn right and that's all about um 
you know, having a positive mental attitude, being uh, open to, to learn and improve yourself, being coachable, having a right. collaborative attitude. So for me, attitude is more important than, than uh, skill set. And, and then there's the drill part. So uh, the skill set, uh, will set attitude, and then the drill, which is basically about even if you have a bunch of great individuals with a great attitude and a great skill set, they still need to work together in a, in a drill situation. So think of a you know, fire drill. Every person has uh, their skill. They know exactly what point in time they need to be standing where, doing what, trusting that their colleagues are at the right place at the right, right. time. So that's, that's a drill. So I think if we get that right in a company, skill set, uh, will set, or attitude, and drill, then you're, you're creating an amazing company. And then ultimately how that relates to culture, obviously attitudes, personalities, and behavior in turn define our culture. Um, and you know, we talked about why culture is important. So this is how I think everything comes together. That, that, that is very valuable, uh, valuable piece of advice and insight, particularly for companies beginning you know, to build a successful team you know, like yourself. Uh, they can take some of that wisdom in how you create that. Um, and it absolutely makes sense, particularly for, for Leva, uh, as you mentioned earlier about how your technology solution uh, has a strong human element to it um, and, and a focus that's providing personal coaching access. So re really cool how all that you know, works uh, in tangent with what you're doing. A lot of exciting stuff going on uh, for you, Leva, a lot of moving pieces. You know, wh what's the vision? What's the future look like for Leva? You know, what are the next steps? The future looks amazing. Um, I couldn't be more excited. There's so much potential and still so much to do. Um, and in terms of the next step and how we envision um, our further growth, so we, we basically have, a, as I mentioned earlier, we have a very compelling and comprehensive strategic growth roadmap right. um, that will drive and guide our growth across three distinct, um, uh, what, what we call the strategic growth axis. Uh, so one of them is um, expanding our therapeutics um, beyond the three indications that we're addressing now and we have commercialized uh, treatments for. So going beyond obesity, prediabetes, and diabetes type 2 to also develop therapeutics for other cardiometabolic uh, diseases, which are all interrelated. So things like hypertension, right. things like hyperlipidemia, which is you know, high cholesterol, and there are a few other things like a fatty liver called NASH and, and a couple of other things. So we currently have in our product pipeline uh, a number of, uh, you know, these therapeutics being developed in different stages of um, um, research, clinical validation, and ultimately commercial. So that's one axis of growth. The second axis of growth is um, expanding to other geographic regions. The third axis of growth is actually to expand the, the customer segments that we uh, currently work with and then partner with. So currently we're very heavy into public uh, payers like NHS in UK. Right. Uh, we also have done some work with uh, private insurance. We want to expand on that. We've done some work with uh, pharmaceuticals where we see how we can combine our services with their drugs. Uh, we want to expand and scale that. Uh, we're also looking into retail. So that's, that's our... Um, a vision and in, in terms of how we grow but that said you know this is all business lingo and you know, you know that's how we talk about things uh, with our investors <laughs> right. and team right. but there, there's uh, and that's all good and well that's what we need to do but i i personally and this goes back again to culture and those kind of things i personally use a different language or vocabulary when i talk about my vision of for the future for this company and it's it's 
it's very simple, actually. And there I use the vocabulary, I use the word, not objectives and you know, strategy, but just very simply intention. That's the word I, I use, the power of intention. And my intention is, is very simple, is to ensure as many more people as possible with chronic conditions get access and benefit from these amazing therapeutics that we have developed that are proving and show dramatic results as we spoke about it. That, that's it. That's my intention. It all comes down to that, to give as, you know, as many more people as possible access to these. Um, so that's how I see the future. That's my vision. Well, that's fantastic. And, and, and what I mentioned at the very beginning about your passion, yeah, you can really see it here, Sharam. And, and I, I really appreciate it. It's not like, well, I'm going to say something here and then, and then do something different. You, you, you live it and breathe it. And, and we really, it's amazing to see that from a, from a person who is running the organization. Um, and I can't thank you enough for that passion and what you provided with us for insight today. Um, you know, before we sign off, uh, any closing nuggets uh, you'd like to share and kind of, you know, close this thing out. Uh, and uh, again, we can't thank you enough for being on it. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Uh, uh, really, I mean, it's a pleasure to be on this podcast and share some of the uh, some of the things we're doing, uh, the, the team is doing. So it's been great. And, you know, in terms of closing, um, you know, I, I actually don't want to end on a business note, but I, I want to end on that, you know, passion, uh, passion note and, and, and wisdom. You know, by now, I think you've gotten to know me. I'm, I'm a bit of a philosophical, you know, person. Um, and so there's, there's actually one maybe gained wisdom along the way that I would like to share, which, which not only applies to business setting, but, you know, life in, in general, which is about, um, you know, we all need to have clear objectives, right? Especially in business, you know, you're expected to have very clear objectives, timelines, you know, um, quarterly achievements, all, all that, right, which, right. Is, which is all great, right? All great. But having a clear objective in mind, but then shift your focus down to every step of the journey that is going to get you to that objective and enjoy every moment of it. That's, that's what I, how I try to live, live my life, whether it's business or, or uh, private. Have an objective, very clear objective, aim for that, but don't you know, grab onto it forcefully and, and focus only on that and see nothing else around you. Uh, make sure you just focus on every step in that journey, enjoy every step of it, and most probably you'll get to that objective, but in a most, more pleasant way, and you've enjoyed um, uh, your, your way, because you know, life is just too short and too valuable to yeah. be hyper-focused on some objective, um, and then want to be there in X time, and not enjoy the journey towards yes. where you're going. So, yeah, everything in between. That's what I want to share as a closing. Uh, that's enjoy every fantastic. moment. I, I think we should absolutely close on that. And I'm looking forward to potentially our next conversation. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody listening. Excellent. Thank you again, Brian. It was a pleasure to be on the podcast. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. For the video recording of this podcast, along with additional resources, make sure to find us on the web at SureGSolutions.com and follow us on social media and LinkedIn at SureGSolutions.